0: Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of April 26th. I'm your host, D-Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, Kyle McFadden, and Kovac, uh, quite the weekend at Talladega. You were on location. Bobby Pierce came storming from the back on the top. Brandon Overton says he stinks the night before, then he picks up $50,000 to win. Tainer English. Was in the you know the mix the whole night. Overall, a great weekend at the Talladega Short Track. Maybe a little rough on Friday, but the crowd was big. And Saturday night, that sixty-lapper that that was a barn burner. That was pretty good for uh for Talladega.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with a little bit of uh, the character, the roughness in the track. Uh, I think even Brandon Overton mentioned that. He says if anybody was angry about it being a little rough, then they'd never been to Talladega before because he said. It's uh, it's usually rubbered up, and you know a lot of single file there. That's kind of, kind of what it's known for. Uh, it was cool, some good storylines there with Bobby Pierce, uh, you know, making a making a good run up on the outside to, to take the lead from English with only I think it was 18 laps to go, but he only lasted there a few laps because right after that he ble- he breaks a wheel and a brake caliper, which he uh he attributed to a, a tangle earlier in the race with Todd Cooney uh, coming off a of turn two uh, that sent Cooney around Cooney, Cooney blaming, you know, also uh, Pierce for, uh, sliding him at the other end of the track. And then they came together over there. So there's some controversy with that incident. Uh, Brandon Overton was the, was the big story though. I I left with the 411 uh, motor speedway on Thursday night for the outlaw race, leaving there, uh, you know, after the B mains and Overton didn't qualify because he was, uh, put back uh, basically because he had fast time in his group but then he got put back uh, put back in the um, heat race to the rear because he had the wrong tire he had a 20 on his right rear we only allowed 30s and 40s or, or or threes and fours so he was just he was penalized he doesn't qualify he's ready I'm going home he's not gonna race it he's you know been struggling the longest stretch of, of uh, races out a top five he's had in four years and here he goes and he comes right he, he gets talked into it a little bit. Uh, pep talk from his uh from his fiance heather and also from scott bloomquist bloomquist at the track he's there he ends up winning it was a good move good move for him to go to talladega
0: yeah like i mentioned the crowd was huge they were kept showing crowd shots and uh i think talladega said you know we're gonna have the race in 2024 and they showed like a side angle of just the crowd looking massive so kudos to them they reworked the track they reconfigured it new clay uh Robert Holman, I'm sure you've been in that neck of the woods a few times, and just being from the South, how surprised were you, and how shocked were you that you know the racing turned out pretty good on Saturday night? And I think I you know a lot of people left like, "Damn, that was a pretty good race. I wasn't expecting that."
2: Um, real? Would it? Is it terrible to say that I wasn't really surprised? Um, you know, well, that's good. I've then. been to Talladega. I've been to Talladega uh, short track since the mid 80s, you know, Uh, been down there when it was really good. And I know it's it's uh, it wasn't always known to rubber up. You know, there's been a lot of really good races down there. I think I've I've been going since like 82, maybe Uh, definitely has that has has had that reputation as of late just because they've kind of let the track get away. They kind of, you know, not done the proper things to the surface and, and, and kept it um, uh, up to par for sure. But when they went in there and added that wall, uh, I thought that was a key to making that place uh, racy again. Um, even if they, they went and put new dirt on it also, uh, which has definitely helped. But I really think the wall was, was in one and two. What was key because it allowed finally to have a little cushion up there for guys like bobby pierce to get up and roll around and you know if you wanted that option it gave you that option because you know I, I trust me i've been there when it was junk when it was rubber as well you know we went down there and and led half of a heat race one time at the ice bowl in the in the limited late model deal and 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 all he had to do was stay around the wall and we win the race but instead he gets a half a width not even a full width off the wall he gets a half of the width half a width off the wall and a a hall of famer that i won't mention a hall of fame driver that i won't mention decides that he's going to take that half width and he rolls in there and kind of doors us and knocks us up out of the way and that's how you kind of had to race there fortunately you don't have to race that way anymore if you feel like you can get up there on top and, and kind of buzz that top now uh so uh, i did talk to some people on sunday uh, uh, i talked to in fact i saw zachary washington photographer that helps us out sometimes i saw him at Moulton speedway on sunday and he said it was the best race he'd ever seen there and i'm like yeah you know it's what i was what i heard uh you know so So kudos to them for taking the proper steps to getting Talladega back to what it used to be, or or at least trying to reverse the reputation that it has, you know, who knows, maybe now we'll see a good ice bowl, you know, and I, I can tell you that I've never seen a good ice bowl, maybe like once or twice, that's for sure, because it's always a daytime race and they have 300 cars. So, so, you know, I've never. You know, I can can definitely say I've never really seen a a great ice bowl, but uh, but at nighttime racing at Talladega is usually used to be really, really good. And so to see that come back, especially on a huge stage with big money and the best of the best down there for that, it was really, really good to see that that Adam Stewart and his, uh, you know, his staff and his team kind of came together and took the right steps to to change the direction and maybe the reputation that that Talladega has gotten as of late. But listen, I used to see Jeff Purvis and and you know Don Hester and all these Jerry Inman and all these all these Hall of Famers race down there when I was younger and they put on a hell of a show back then and and so hopefully these future Hall of Famers that we're seeing now can go back down there and do the same and and, and to do it on nascar weekend obviously you know yeah. you're gonna have a big crowd then you're gonna have you're gonna have a big crowd anyway you could pay two thousand to win like they used to and they would have a big crowd but to, to pay that kind of money nascar weekend get those fans over there maybe a lot of fans that don't normally come over and, and check out dirt racing or don't normally see dirt late model racing that was really big as well and to put on a good show in front of those people that's that's huge.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you have a good race, you can carry that momentum into, you know, the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, and just maybe next year when they have that race again on that NASCAR weekend. Just like at Brownstown, Indiana, unfortunately, during the Castle race, they kind of had that clunker there. and I think that's going to have, well, you know, a little damaging effect on the racetrack that the persona is like, man, well, if we go there, hope we don't get it like it was that last time. So they definitely got that positive vibe, positive energy. Kyle McFadden, Brandon Overton's got that positive vibe, hopefully positive energy because before that he went eight starts without a top five finish, which he was probably going off the ledge a little bit there because Brandon Overton expects greatness. So but that's what we've been seeing the last couple of years. You can get cold at times, but once you get hot, you can get hot. But hey, 50K at a race that he wasn't going to, like Kovac mentioned, it's got to be pretty good shot in the arm for him and his race team.
3: Yeah, totally. I didn't realize that, you know, he was even mired in his longest drought without a top five, I believe, looking at his schedule, you know, his last or his previous top five finish was at the beginning of the month, his April 1st win at Eames, so East Alabama Motor Speedway. So, um, and that was his fourth win of the season, too. So, I mean, he's already among the winning this driver so far this year. Obviously it's no surprise and it's his fifth win this past weekend. So it's not like he's struggled. I mean he's uh I haven't looked at the win totals off the top of my head or off the top of my head. I'd imagine, you know, he's he's uh in that top three right now, right? In dirt late late model racing. So um yeah, I mean it's uh just a weird month of April too, right? You know, just uh, so fragmented and um, I'm even surprised, just like looking at his schedule, that he even had eight races to run in April, right? So, um, yeah, no, I was watching that race on the live stream and, and and thought for sure that Bobby Pierce had that thing won, and and um, but uh, Brandon Overton, you know, he's so good in the long distance races and saving his stuff, and obviously knows Talladega well. I've never been to Talladega, but looks like a unique place that can put on some good racing, has good character to the racetrack, uh, checks all the boxes that you would look for in a uh, in a big weekend like we saw this past weekend. So, um, yeah, as Robert said, not surprised that Brandon Overton won. And, um, you know, just like some other notables too, you know, Chris Madden dropping out. Early or not dropping out, but dropping to the rear and then coming back up the fifth, you know, his run or his history at Cherokee, um, you know, just rallying from the rear uh, to win the Blue Gray 100 after suffering a flat tire was also a a storyline that came up throughout that race, too, but came back to finish fifth and uh, just a lot of comers and goers in that race. And so uh, but uh, no surprise to see Brandon Overton on top on Saturday.
2: Oh, what is Derek, Derek, Derek you go. Has, his, 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 his weekly mut- Derek, mutant. Uh, yes. <laughs> Derek, Sorry. We're Jeez. like, we're like 12 minutes in Derek and you've got your mutant already, buddy.
0: Yeah. Over, under, over, like 20. 15 and a half. So yeah, got the under today. you're doing very good. I was going to say just now a great weekend. Lucas oil got rained out. So he had some of the regulars come down there. So that also adds some spice and flavor to that race. Kovac, uh, Brandon Overton kind of mentioned to you, like, man, this could really be a crown jewel event for the South. Another one we can kind of add in early in the season, especially with the NASCAR weekend right there. So you're gonna have a crowd to choose from. Uh you have great racing like you did this past weekend. They keep improving the place. Adam Stewart and the game keeps making it better and better. Like this really they really have something going on here. We can always say about the negative stuff in dirt late model racing, but this is a nice little positive vibes that I'm loving it right now that maybe possibly we could have something, you know, bigger and better each and every single year and kind of maybe have a snowball effect and continue to make this thing awesome and a great weekend while NASCAR's at Talladega.
1: Yeah, Overton mentioned, uh, he said, when I was a little kid, the South, we had the Dixie shootout, you know, that was a, that was a real big race, uh, you know, until the, I guess the 2000s, uh, that was, uh, that was a heck of a show there at Dixie Speedway, you know, 50,000 to win and uh, it, it was known as something big and now it's just basic. It's, it's not that big. I mean, they still have it uh, at, at Dixie Speedway, except for last year without the track running, but um, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's a typical uh, Lucas race, 15,000 to win 10,000, whatever it is. Uh, And so you have Sanoa down there, you know, the, the new race, the peach state classic, in, in, but that's all the way in November. That's a $50,000 to win show. And, and that could build into something good. Here, Overton really he said, man, this really has potential to be, especially if the racetrack stays like it is, if they put keep putting the work into it, and it, and it was much racier than normal. Uh, and you running with the NASCAR weekend, and Overton said, man, it's a it's a track that's easy and easy to get in and out of. It's got a lot of space. I I didn't realize how big the pits were until I got there. I mean, it was a it's a it's a heck of a expanse there. and you know, good amount of stands there too. You know, front set, front stretch and back stretch, uh, good lights. You have a NASCAR weekend, so man, that that does does add a little bit of an extra. Uh, you know, a little atmosphere to the deal, we, you know, especially a lot of crew guys and cup uh, drivers and stuff. I saw like Tyler Reddick and, you know, he's walking around. Ross Chastain was over there walking around the pits. I mean, there's probably some others I, I didn't even notice, but I, I, I'm sure it, there was a lot of crew guys also from the big track that came across the street, kind of added a little bit to the whole weekend, made it a little bit cooler and uh, and, and, and Overton's right. Maybe this, this can build into something for the South. The South needs a, a big crown jewel event. Uh, uh, or maybe early, so this could be like an early season one. A Sanoa could be later in the season one. Uh, I think that would be a pretty cool deal for them. Uh, and, and I like the way they ran the show also. I mean, they did have sprint cars. They had 360 sprint cars, and they had one other division uh, each night. Uh, but they did not – this was not the typical. that uh, We got to run all qualifying from all the other divisions, and then we run the – the late models uh there was some rain in the area on on uh, friday night so they instead of splitting up the three uh preliminary the semi features for the outlaws they ran them all straight through got them all done it was before 10 o'clock saturday they didn't have any practice no hot laps i mean that saved a Let's lot of the rain too instead of having yeah no hot laps it went right into the show um you know I, I i they had a driver's introduction for they and they ran all this the, the late model stuff first you know, before they had a little bit of sprint car stuff, they had to finish up from the rain that came didn't did knock out their feature the night before so they ran that they go right into this, you know, and into the late model stuff and nine o'clock they're doing driver intros and they had like an out of car intro, and you know they come through the smoke and everything. I'm fine with that if it's not I thought o'clock. it was at 11 o'clock. Yeah, it looked like it. they didn't do the they didn't do stuff. You know, I asked Gordy Gundick. Cool I thought he might do something. I said it's going to be like St. Louis, but uh, nobody really did anything like that. But there was no music <laughs> playing for him. But it was cool. Feature ended at ten oh eight. They still had other stuff to run. They had the whole sprint car regular that Saturday program to run, and uh, and uh, the hot stocks or whatever they hot shots or whatever the other the little little four cylinders. But That was all, man. They could have run that till two in the morning. I, I, you don't care, you felt good leaving there, uh, at 10 o'clock, uh, finishing the the the, the big race that, at, a, at a really good time like that.
0: Real quick, Robert, because I had a tough time with it yesterday. Uh, how hard was it for you to like vote top 25? Because like the four national races, you had four different, you know, different winners. It's been kind of like Comers and goers, Dale McDowell wins last week. I thought rating the top 10 this week, at least for me, was so hard. But also, I kind of like it, too, because we're having so much parity early in the season. And I'm kind of hoping maybe we can have this the whole season.
2: Uh, I actually thought it was easier this week uh, than it was last week. Everything's uh, so I easier for you. I, well, I had to change a couple things, obviously. But last week, I kind of struggled with it. Uh, this week, I thought it was a little bit easier. Uh, it got. You know, we had some guys that that really, you know, Mike Marler, you know, really performed well earlier in in the week. You know, with uh, with the uh, the Eldora win, I guess, and then the runner up maybe at Brownstown or whatever. So you had guys like that. And then you had some guys who you expected to run well who really didn't run well all week, like like you know, like my guy Dennis Herb Jr. You know, it didn't didn't fare well at all so uh you, to me it was uh from about the middle of the pack on backwards was kind of kind of tricky but but up near the top i really i really felt like it was a little easier to me this week than uh I might be in the minority there, but I felt it was a little bit easier this week than than it was last week because the thing is i still had you know we kind of talked about it in fast talk I still had uh you know brandon Overton ranked really high and you know you just don't think about about him not running that well and you always expect a guy like that well he's just okay well he's had a few rough races but he's going to break out of that really quick and then fortunately he did break out of it so I was able to still vote him relatively high so so yeah I, I don't I really I I think I did my vote it was you know Sunday night around midnight and I just kind of, I didn't breeze through it. Don't get me wrong. I take it seriously. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really did think it was a bit easier than last week.
0: Well, yeah, I, I thought it was tough. It was tough last week as well. I'm, I'm sure it was you know different difficulty for everybody, but if somebody would have told me that Hudson O'Neill, Ricky Thorne, JD Overton, Marlar, or McDowell, if any of those guys got like a number one vote, I would have not have batted an eye and tried to argue it like those, five or six guys, no matter what. We had three guys with first place votes. But if you would have told me, hey, Mike Marler gets a first place vote, I'd be like, okay, I can believe that. He's rained good the last couple weeks. But uh, nonetheless, I'll be something we'll keep an eye on the rest of the year.
2: I totally agree. Going into last week and then going into those races I went to uh, up north, I really felt like uh, Mike Marler and Ricky Thornton Jr. had – for over a stretch, were the best two drivers in the country. Actually, I think I thought they had ran well enough to to both get votes. And then when you then you go through a week of the weekend, and I think Marler loaded up on Friday, maybe, and doesn't race. And uh, it, it's it is tough. And anytime you have the parity that we have in the sport right now, it's not surprising when multiple drivers get uh, get a vote for number one.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that we can continue this, and maybe we have like three or four guys at the end of the year. You're like, you know what? They could be number one. It could be a battle royale. Last couple of years, we've kind of had, oh, uh, Sheppy and 20 over 10 and 21, and JD and 22 were kind of just separated, you know, significantly. Uh, Kyle, like we said, it was kind of a great surprise that Talladega. You know, had a great home run, great field, good racing, huge crowd. So, kind of our topic today is okay. We're getting our schedule out at the beginning of the year you hear some maybe like horror stories or like this track isn't going to be very good or i know i put kovac was going to name one that i definitely put a you know bug in his ear that he didn't think it was going to be very good but you're like oh, i've been here a couple times it hasn't been the greatest but when you get there all of a sudden the racing's good the features a fantastic finish huge crowd and you're like man i left that place kind of surprised going into it or maybe we have a rescheduled Sunday race or Sunday day race or a day race at Eldora. and you're like, well usually day racing's not the best but hey, look at this. It surprised me. I was happy I came back and watched, a, you know, a Danny of a race. So is there one that comes to mind where you get to the racetrack leaving, get there, low expectations, leaving surprised and said, "Hell, I was wrong there. That was a whale of a show." Does any uh any pop out to you right away, Kyle McFadden?
3: Yeah, I would say last year's Wood Tick race at Merit. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Merit before, but um, didn't oh, know yeah. what to expect. The Great yeah, North, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know, yeah, didn't know what to expect at Merit. It's not, I'm not, you know, choosing Merit in that race last year that Eric Spangler won because I had low expectations. I just didn't know what to expect, you know, going that far north, and and I've never covered. Um, a race in Michigan. Didn't really know much about their drivers up in Michigan. And and, and that race was really good. Um, when Eric Spangler won from 12th and, and had some issues in his prelims, like the night before. And um, I just like remember that race just being entertaining. Um, and that, you know, anytime that well, I mean, there was a few things from that race. You know, Spangler won from 12th. Uh, Rusty Schlenk had some problems. He was going to start inside the top five, didn't even had some issues and hot laps and couldn't even get his car out to make the feature in time. And uh, Spangler pulling up the victory lane because uh, Merritt's got that, like, sloped victory lane to where if the car isn't isn't all the way up, on on top of the crescent or the sloped, um just like winter circle um which his car wasn't fully parked and he got out of the car and and stood on top of the car to celebrate and the car rolled off on the other end and and knocked down a uh knocked down a pillar or some of the architecture and landscaping uh outside of victory lane and uh just an interesting uh Entertaining night um, last year. That was last August, and the Woodtick race, which paid thirty-four thousand to win. So uh, that race certainly stands out. Um, another race too, not necessarily racing product. Um, when I went to Belleville last year, Belleville High Banks for the XR race, and just the the, the speeds in which you know the late models were carrying around the half mile. It was, um, just, (laughs) I have never heard or seen any late model that loud go that fast. And just the truly, when you talk about breathtaking experiences and witnessing something, you know, right before your eyes that truly does take your breath away, it's, you know, watching super late models go around Belleville to me looked like it, it, uh, it, it, uh, didn't, it was, um, certainly a sight to behold, but it looked like it was, uh, you know, probably really looked like these race cars don't belong on the high banks of Belleville. Um, and so just with, just with how fast, you know, the speeds were, were that night or were that day. And, and, and then that race, you know, moving to the quarter mile infield track, uh, that next day, just because the speeds were so high and the, temperatures were so hot uh last summer um so which that race too was also good so in in terms of pleasantly surprising you know shane shane clanton won that race um on the little track inside bill or inside of the belleville high banks half mile and so um you know those two experiences for sure last year i haven't been out to enough races this year to to add to that uh list but um certainly last year with merit and the wood tick race and then merit also last year too i wasn't um in attendance for this race but the summer nationals finale uh when brandon Thurlby got by spangler there on the last lap too and 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 uh the two had choice words for each other oh there uh, were some and- del-
0: delagatories. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) thoroughly. Come on now. My boy, you can't be saying that on camera.
3: No, but, um, I were, you know, that just adds to, to, you know, I guess my synopsis there of merit. So, uh, those would be my two experiences, uh, as far as pleasantly surprising, uh, times at the racetrack.
0: Oh yeah Merritt's always uh always a uh, hit, hit or not hit or miss, but sometimes you might just not get a you know a barn burner like you got to see the last couple of times there and uh Kovac, we like her we like to have fun in Michigan so anytime we can go up to the wood tick uh you know that area go by grand rapids we'll we we'll take that
1: yeah it's a it's a fun area fun it's fun usually nice and cool up there in the summer too you not not you're not uh, sweating really bad. And I, I've seen some great races there, too. I've seen like a three wide finish for the, uh, for the, an, an outlaw race at, at Merritt. So it's been some good stuff uh, at that track. All right, Kovac. So I credit myself for this, this race track. I think you're
0: going to pick, if I have to guess this right, because ever since you've been there and I like threw him onto the bus, because there was like three or four years where the racing was horrible, it stunk. It was just, awful every time we go there so i'm you can kind of tell the the people at home what it, what you're thinking but I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna go with this racetrack somewhere in illinois
1: well yeah this is a I'm, number one talladega was a pleasant surprise okay i mean i'd heard a lot of uh stories about how this was going to be rubbered up that, that there's so many rubber i've seen video of it and uh especially like robert said maybe uh in these uh more recent times uh, and it was I was very happy with it. It was a Southern race, so I'm always worried about being uh, late nights. And also, and and the way they ran the show, you know, wonderful. It was that, that was that was uh definitely in the pleasant surprise category. Uh, the other one, I mean, this came to my mind immediately, <coughs> and and uh Derek even mentioned this when I mentioned maybe we could you know talk about uh, pleasant surprises that we've had, and that was Spoon River Speedway in Illinois. This was back in the 2014. Uh, dirt car summer nationals event it was my first year at, at summer at uh, at dirt on dirt so it's my first time going to some summer nationals races we're heading out there in the dirt on dirt van derek is along you know because he went to every race uh almost every race most of those years at that stretch and uh and I swear, i have never heard so many times, oh man, this is, this is kind of, it might be one <laughs> of the worst races of the summer nationals. This place, it's going to be rubbered up, probably even, you know, in the hot laps or heat races. You ain't going to see anything good. We're just, we just get through the night. That's all. And yeah, I'm like, was. man, this really, it, it's, man, these guys are like not really high. These are Illinois boys, not very high on this racetrack when I mean, we get there and like, I, so I, I looked at the racetrack shape. I liked it. I mean, I, I thought it looked pretty cool. Kind of a bold shape there with the good high banks and then they go racing. And it, it was, it was all, I mean, I'm, I'm looking back at the story. Jason Feger ended up winning it um, over Unzicker and passed Ryan Unzicker for the lead in lap 27, but then Unzicker and Shannon Babb were all over Feger towards the end of that race, trying to pass them. Uh, I mean, it was, I wrote back then that people were saying it was like they said it might have been the best race in the history of the racetrack. It was so good. And every time I've been there since then, it's been damn good. There's been good racing at Spoon River. uh, And I don't know. Maybe that was just the turnaround point. Maybe they started working on the racetrack better at that point. I don't know. But it's usually pretty damn good. I like Spoon River is not that place that you're going to talk about. Don't go there. You want to go to see the Spoon River races now.
0: And check out that top five from that night. Jason Faga, Ryan Unzicker, Brady Smith, Shannon Babb, and Randy Cordy. So that kind of tripped down memory lane. That's nearly 10 years ago. But what they did at that race, then they did not do the previous years, was rework the racetrack, add a little water right before the feature, and it just had enough crumbs and stuff going for him. Babb rallied from, like, I think 11th or 12th and got all the way up to, like, second or third, finished fourth. So he was put on a whale of a show. Yeah. Uh, that's that, that's a good one, Kovac. I, uh, I'm glad that my jinx didn't work, so it went the opposite, reverse jinx, so
1: great to see that one. That's right. Uh, I've seen nothing but good racing there, really.
0: One I'm going to kind of look at is, before we get to Robert, I'll do mine really quick, Uh, Summer Nationals uh, at Plymouth, Indiana. I want to say it was 2018, There, I'm looking here quick. Uh, So, it used to be an asphalt track. They put it to dirt. and people are kind of saying, man, the racing hasn't been very good here. Well, you're in Indi- 2017. You're in Indiana during the Summer Nationals. A, you don't get many cars. This is starting week three of the Hell Tour. So you're like, maybe just maybe we're not going to get, you know, the cream of the crop. That's kind of like that lull in the summer. Well, lo and behold, Lucas or Outlaws were either up on that neck of the woods or headed west. I get to the racetrack. Scott Bloomquist is there, Brandon Shepard, a whole bunch of, you know, Outlaw regulars there, Turbo's there, Bronson's there. You're like, well, heck, this might be pretty decent, but let's just hope the racing is going to be okay. The heat races kind of stunk. You're like, okay, here we go again. Let's just kind of have like a decent race. But there was a positive. I knew this thing was going to be a good thing. It was still light out, and the feature was rolling on the racetrack. Man, oh, man, you couldn't ask for a better race. Shepard and Bloomquist racing side by side, going back and forth. And then just at the very end, photo finish, Brandon Shepard holds off a late rallying Scott Blomquist uh, to win that race. Great interviews afterwards, but I don't know. That one just sticks out number one the most, just because, like, you're going to Plymouth week three of the Summer Nationals. You have some guys already off tour. uh, you know the national guys are starting their swings, and then you get Bloomquist and Brandon Shepard and a whole bunch of uh, national touring guys. That was that was definitely one of them up there, uh, Robert Holman. That you had a great photo finish, great interviews with Bloomquist and Shepard. Uh, I was very happy with that one afterwards. So that's definitely the one that uh, comes to my mind. And I'll just read the top five here: Shepard, Bloomquist, Shirley, Turbo, Billy Boyer, Kyle Bronson. Round out your top six. We had twenty-two cars, so a good 22 cars. And I like those quick nights back in Bloomington, you know, like 20 minutes later, it seemed like it was, it was overall a good night. So that was one of my pleasant surprises, a good day race and a great field photo finish. I'm going to go with Plymouth on a Tuesday night.
2: It's uh, it's funny that you guys mentioned Spoon River um, about being, you know, historically bad until that race in 14, that when I first went to Spoon River, that it reminded me of a track in the south i'm like this is the this this is the kind of tracks that we have a lot in the south to me it seemed like that uh uh, that it's almost like the most southern-esque track in illinois it's what it seemed like you know so it's it's funny that you guys said hey spoon river is going to rubber and do all these and i guess at that moment you know at that time kind of do what southern tracks often do but because uh, when i first went there it reminded me a lot of some of the tracks that i've been to in the south but um and i liked it i like the place um uh, i've seen good ray i've only been there three four times but i really i really think it's unique and I, and I like it but uh i guess the track that for me personally left me feeling better when i left as opposed to when i was scheduled to go there is probably all tech uh because I just don't like those big racetracks at all. I I don't I like bull rings, I like short tracks, I like, you know, um I like stop and go tracks, you know, I I just that's just kind of my forte. I just like those kind of tracks and you look at tech and you never think you just wouldn't think that tech races like it does. Um and it's I've been there four times and it's actually gotten better every time I've been, uh, some of the races that I've watched on, uh, you know, I guess that I didn't get to go to, uh, were excellent. You know, when the, the one thing that stood out to me before I ever saw a race there, when I went through the gate, now granted, now let's, let's take it for what it is. It's not East Bay. Okay. It's not, uh, right on the coast. It's not right by, all the the good places to eat and all the the city and, and all those it doesn't have all that east bay charm but the first thing that i did notice uh when i walked through the gate was how flat the pit area was how organized the pit area was and how as a person who owns a race car trust me that means a lot when you can go to an organized pit area and park and unload your stuff and work on a a good surface and 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 that kind of stuff that that means a whole lot for for me especially an older guy so uh so that's the first thing i noticed you know i took a couple pictures sent them back to my brother i said man you need to see this place it's the it's really it's really pretty actually you know with the trees and the, the pit area is nice but man the track raced." pretty decent uh, it's gotten better I, I don't really think that the very first race uh, jonathan davenport won that first race i was at in 2020 i don't think it was the greatest race in the world but i left with a, a new respect i guess for all tech and then i started watching some of the videos and then i went back again three more i've been back three more times and and the place races for a big track as slick as it gets you can come to the front, and if you're, not, if you're not really good, you know, it'll it'll tell on you. Because I think the thing that's unique about Altec is that you've got to have horsepower. You've got to have speed and a good aero package to get down those long straightaways. But you also have to have a really good handling race car because it slicks off, and you've got to be able to run, get through the corners really, really well, because if you miss it, if you if you miss it even slightly, you'll be in the fence or you'll be trying to keep from going in the fence and somebody will drive by you. I think that's one of the reasons that it races so well. So uh, tech has definitely grown on me personally as just uh, as being. And, and I, I'll admit when when this topic came across the desk, you know, this morning, I had to do a little research. I haven't been to probably i've probably been to more races than kyle uh probably haven't been to quite as many races as as you two guys uh Derek and kevin uh but you know i've been to well over 100 i've been to you know 130 or so i don't know tracks and and uh i had to get out my list and look through my old tracks and say did this track surprise me did this track surprise me and and you know geez you know I hate to be that guy but it's like nothing really does anything really surprise me anymore but you know I was looking and like man when I left this place I had a new respect for it when I left AllTech I didn't want to go there I'm like it's uh, I drew tech. I got the short end of the stick I don't want to go this dump uh you know it's not something that that we had really covered much in the past because they didn't really have a bunch of big super late model races so it's kind of an unknown so when I drew it I'm like uh, that's got go to go this place, but man, I was pleasantly surprised for sure when I left and, uh, the racing I think has gotten even better, uh, since that first time I went in 2020 and I'm looking forward to seeing some more races there, uh, you know, in the future, because, uh, it, it races, it's just so unique. Again, it's not East Bay, but it races, very it's very unique i guess and it and it has the capability of putting on some really good shows
0: man we picked four good ones there uh kovac wanted to mention one more but i gotta mention the dirt million saturday uh the one that earl pearson won the inaugural just like the friday was kind of like a shit show people were camping everywhere there was no one parking people uh it was just kind of like the wild west a little bit and then there was rocks everywhere I know it was kind of a shit show in the feature, and Earl Pearson, you know, pitted, I know, two or three times. But different lead changes, dramatics. I left there like, hell yeah, that was awesome. Very low expectations going to that Saturday afternoon. I know you were there, Kobach, before you mentioned your last one. But I think that was a good surprise when we left. That was great storylines that night.
1: Yeah, that was the one where the rock hit the the tower, I believe, right? It wasn't that they didn't broke the shatter glass. the window? It that was the night before. All the way up in the tower. The flagman yeah. died. The re- flagman died. Yeah. The flagman no, no, got it, got it, hit by a rock, yeah. He oh my god, yeah, that was bloody. a heck of a weekend. And he, he stayed yeah. in
2: there and kept at it, man. Well that guy was the, a trooper. Yeah,
1: yeah so the
0: feature he just kept was going. entertaining. That feature was great entertaining, a lot of lead changes, a lot of heartbreaks, but uh that was that was definitely up there, Kovac. That was a good one, and like that whole weekend leading up to you're just like nothing good can come out of this event. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it ended up being good. I got one more to mention. I just, this always reminds me of this one race, 2008 world of outlaws at Williston basin speedway up in uh Williston, North Dakota. It, it was like, it's off the beaten path uh, race for the, for the, obviously the tracks, biggest race, more of a modified track. I barely ever had any late model shows. Uh, so it was, it was unknown to everybody with the outlaws. Uh, I remember getting there and, it, it looked dry. It was pretty damn dry. And you're like, Oh God, this is looks, this is not going to be a good night. And then hot laps go out and it's, Oh God. I mean, it's, I think Josh, if I remember right, Josh Richards even crashed or something and hot laps went off the racetrack, uh, had to you know really work on the race car just to get it back going again. Uh, and after the hot laps, it, it was all, I mean, every outlaw guy, they're all just surrounding Tim Crisman, who was the, uh, the, the, uh, at that time was the a series director and they're like this place is we can't race on this. This is terrible. We can't, it, we're, This is going to be a foul leader, you know, all night long. We're, no one's going to, you can't even attempt to pass at this track. This might be the worst show we have ever, especially not just this year ever. And, and he's I mean, you, there was a big crowd at the track. I mean, it was a they don't have a lot of seats, but it was the biggest crowd they might've ever had uh, nice night. You couldn't just be throw in the towel and forget about the show. And uh, the show went on. No expectations of anything. It's just like let's get through the night. And it ends up being Tim Fuller uh started fifth, fell back to a couple of spots at the beginning of the race. And he, nobody, I don't think anybody even was going to attempt to go to the outside. It seemed like nobody's like they were just resigned to running the inside. Fuller got shoved up to the top there for one for a lap, and uh, ends up blasting around the top and passes everybody he goes right to the Fuller. lead wins the race people were like oh my god the race that this opened up and and then by the end of that night it was a good race you know it was it was entertaining because of uh, fuller's charge and uh no i when no one thought that could happen and, and and i remember like being at that race. We, everybody hung all the outlaw guys hung out at the racetrack because there was a day it had been it'd been a pretty long a lot of travel the a day, few days before that it went from uh, river cities and uh, up, up, you know, all the all the way up at the top of North Dakota. Uh, then went to Saskatchewan the next night. It was like a four-hour trip with 45-mile-per-hour winds, I think, the whole way over there. And then it was another four or so, hour or so down to Williston. So people were tired, had a day off the next day uh, before going to Gillette, Wyoming, a lot of travel again this weekend, that, that stretch. And everyone just hung out. It was like it, – it was a fun night in the pits. And, you know, one of Clint <laughs> Smith's crew guys was – you know uh, Don Vito was his name back then you know everybody knows Don <laughs> Vito if, if they remember that stretch he's out there getting so he's pulling his pants down and mooning people and you know it was, it was it was a fun night at the racetrack uh uh considering how bad that night started man it was it was definitely memorable the, the way it ended
0: i like that Kovac. that's a good uh good finish off to the topic there of just surprise i'm sure you were very surprised that Don Vito showed his ass
1: and, a track in and Don Dakota, Vito so. what's a Don Vito was a character you should man, that voice you just if you I haven't seen that guy in a long time everybody called what's his real name everybody called him Don Vito uh but man what I would like I still remember he wasn't allowed into Canada for the Saskatchewan race the night before we had driven <laughs> we stopped at the little border crossing at the there was a hotel at the border crossing and we walked in there and and, and there's Don Vito walking around all by himself in the in, in like the convenience store We're like why are you Oh, no, I'm not la you know, I can't they won't let me across the border. I got Clint's going cat going pick me up on the way back through. So uh, Clint, Clint Smith had to go to the race without his crew chief that race. So, and I think Clint might have like put himself as the crew chief of the race that night, if I remember right. And I think he won that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cat daddy always got his tricks up his sleeve. Uh I'm sure there's quite a few not a few, but
0: several stories of the outlaw regulars back in the day trying to get through Canada and I'm sure some of the crew guys are Going like this, hoping yeah, they can get, it did happen you know, get a little bit. That, that's
1: maybe that's probably why the Canadian races, uh, you know, kind of went away. All right,
0: top or uh, one more thing, Kyle McFadden, you can lead off for us.
3: Yeah, I'll be headed out to uh, Georgetown Speedway on Friday night along with uh, Kevin here to go. Wow, cover. Hopefully, double hopefully, the hopefully, crew. Hopefully, some Lucas Oil late model action. I mean, there's <laughs> I mean, shoot, by the time this podcast rolls out, uh, you know, if the weather doesn't, you know, get better, they're liable to just like rain it all out. But, um, you know, that's the plan as of right now. And, uh, NASCAR cup star Ross Chastain's going to be making his dirt late model debut. Uh, didn't expect that to happen, but, uh, you know, since uh, NASCAR isn't all that far away at Dover motor speedway. So, um, yeah looking forward to that. And, you know, as long as, uh, the weather cooperates for us here.
0: Yeah. Let's hope and beg mother nature to please let us go Lucas oil racing because they have not had a race since speed weeks at East Bay, which is, you know, we're closing in on over two months now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So that last race in East Bay was rained out too. Remember Derek? I mean, last night, (laughs) it's
0: even longer. Yeah. It's just, Cannot catch a break. That will be a good one. Uh, Robert Holman, what's up? What do you got for us? Something good, I bet.
2: Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I just uh, was able to, when I was at Brownstown, by the way, I I wanted to say that if we ever did a topic about, like, the opposite of what we had today, uh, like tracks that you were really excited to go to, who turned out to be really just – absolute turds uh derek what do you think i would pick first
0: okay first off you don't have to bring that up but you'd be picking fairberry
2: yeah that's 100 percent right because my first time at Fairbury was a train uh so choo, anyway choo. uh yeah, yeah it was bad so anyway moving on uh <laughs> i was while at brownstown speaking of speaking of bad races while i was at brownstown uh last week I was able to talk to, uh, Adam Stricker, um, and, uh, you know, he has a a famous, famous grandfather, uh, Joe, who, uh, was actually in the first world 100 and owned a car that won the first world 100. And so, uh, he's kind of making his way now into, into, uh, uh, super late model racing. He's been mod racing for about 10 years. So anyway, I was able to talk to him, really nice young man, 24 years old. And uh, he's driving uh, uh, about, I'm going to say a full season, but they're not going to run like 100 races. But with the Masters built, Housecar and Tater Masters. So uh, I was able to talk to both of them while I was at Brownstown. And I finally wrapped that story up. And it it was posted online to uh, to Dirt on Dirt on Tuesday. So uh, I urge folks to go check that out. And please remember that we are, we're not just shooting video here at at Dirt on Dirt and Flow. We actually still put pen to paper occasionally and and write some stories. So go check those stories out and uh and check that story out about about Adam because he's a he seems like a really nice guy who has a bright future.
0: Yeah, hot shoe modified driver in that Cincinnati area, uh, looking to make himself a household name in the the late model division. Uh, he made the show the other night, which is uh, pretty cool to see as well. Uh, my one more, th- one more thing is this weekend, knocking on wood, Friday and Saturday, the Matt Curl-owned Mars Series will be racing at the Hidden Gym, Fayette County. Uh, Kovacs' favorite track in Brownstown, Illinois. I believe it has a new name, though, but I'm still going to call it Fayette, Fayette County uh, Friday. And then America's Dirt Track, Fairbury, Hashtag Falls, $5,000 to win. Uh Gonna be cool to see how Matt Curl does with that. They got a modified Mars series as well, which I saw a lot of drivers expected to run uh, in that division and uh, follow that series. And uh, Jonathan Clayton, you know, he's he's the big series director. Uh, the guy's been working his butt off as an intern, uh, putting up signs for uh, the Summer Nationals. Uh, then he went to the Outlaws and back to the Hell Tour, and then he worked for Sammy for a couple years. But now he's working for Matt Curl full time with the Mars series. So I'm excited to see. What Jonathan Clayton brings to the table because uh, he's been around and you know dirt late model racing for nearly ten years uh, since you know we got to see him as a young intern from Tennessee, Austin P. Tennessee, Jonathan Clayton, and, could, yeah. So given the best it, of, one of the
2: nicest guys in the sport.
0: Yes, yes. I'm gonna wish him the best of luck this weekend. Him and Matt Curl with the Mars Series Friday and Saturday Fayette County and Fairbury Speedway hashtag Falls Kovac. You can finish it off. You got anything good this week?
1: I do want to mention just the second uh, Kyle's uh, comments about this weekend's uh, Lucas Oil races here in the Northeast. Let's I, every time I keep looking at the weather, I'm like, oh, it's got to get better. It, it can't, they can't rain out three nights in a row here again. I mean, like Lucas Rick Schwally must be tearing his hair out looking at these forecasts for the weekend because it seems like it just becomes more and more and rainier, rainier and rainier every time I look at it uh i'm still hoping i'm still holding out hope that we we get a change in this but it must be a, a really wet uh you know you know pattern coming in here because it's all three nights uh they're looking pretty pretty wet at the moment but oh let's let's hope it gets better but my one more thing is uh a little chassis change news that that came out this weekend uh jimmy owens been struggling with the Kaler motorsports uh uh car so far his first year with the team and uh, he's been running the Longhorns, and after been after he's been running uh, Rockets, you know, in, in recent years. And uh, he was back in a Rocket at 411 in Talladega. It was his uh, one of his cars that he had still from uh, when he ran Ramirez Motorsports. It was an older car. Uh, didn't have his usual outing there that he usually has a 411 where he's so good. And he ended up uh, uh, leaving after Friday night's races at, uh, at Talladega because he. Uh, was kind of back farther so and then he's for saturday so he decided just to bag the weekend but he also is headed to rocket chassis to pick up some new cars so he'll be back in the rocket fold uh uh, looks like uh you know starting uh, immediately
0: yeah let's see if uh jimmy owens can get some luck back on his sides and start you know getting some good finishes because dirt late model racing is always entertaining when jo is uh you know in the in the front of the field, having great solid nights. It wasn't that long ago when he, you know, won a championship, I don't think, and uh, had a great season there. I think maybe it was 2020, 2019, one of the two. I can't remember. But uh, we just hope Jimmy Owens can uh, get back to his old ways because he, he was a treat when he was on top of his game. Well, show's over. This weekend we got Lucas Oil action. This weekend we got, uh, you know, Mars racing. We got several other races, live and flow racing. Be sure to check out. Robert Holman's story on Adam Strickler. Uh, be sure to check out these other guys' stories throughout the week. Uh, Kyle and have fun, you sprint car guy. Uh, I guess we'll know the results by tomorrow in this airs, but have fun. I know you're out there traveling. Uh, safe travels. We'll see you next week on The Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching and listening.